Today, you are going to be hearing a sermon from one of our ministers here on staff. We hope this word blesses you, and remember that we love and appreciate your time here. Now, let's hear what the Lord has for you today. How many are happy to be in the house of God tonight? Amen. Go ahead, turn to your neighbor, say it's good to see you, and go ahead and have a seat. Good to see you too, Mill. <laughs> oh, good. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, tonight I want to uh, speak a little on the heart. Now, Part, part of, if you, you know, I, I had a doctor's visit not too long ago, and the doctor explained it to me this way. He says, Tony, he says, you know what, uh, the older you get, the more closely you have to watch things, you know. I, you know, you're no longer that spree chicken, amen, you're, you're you know, you, there's certain things, you know, and, and you listen to them, Amen. And, uh, you know, part of it, he says, look, he says, uh, I, I want you to live to be very old. So there's some things that, you know, we're going to do. So, I mean, I had a whole day of getting blood and eye exams and foot ex- all kinds of stuff they were doing to me. And, man, I was just like, man, I walked four hours. I was there at, at, the, at Kaiser, and I was like, my God. And, and, and part of it is, is, is like he says, look, part of the health is, is, is your mind, body, and soul. And in Christianity, we, uh, we often, you know, we, we, we don't have a balance. There has to be a balance there. You know, when, when you know, you're young, man, you, you think you could do everything, you know, sleep two hours, go to school the next day. All those, you know, uh, the, you're able to do that and get away with it. But then at some point in time in your life, you got to start taking care of yourselves. You, see, you need to get the rest that you need. Amen. I, I, I mean, one of my favorite memories as a kid was, uh, I mean, and you're going to laugh, was not having bills. <laughs> you know, I tell, the, I tell kids these days, man, I don't be in a hurry to grow up. Enjoy your youth because once you become an adult, that's it. Amen. Now, you know, when you were a kid, you'd go to school and you come back and there was milk, peanut butter and everything there and you just, you loved it. But now when you have to go by, I remember my son telling me, man, dad, I didn't know that peanut butter was that much. And it's like, yeah. Welcome to adulthood. But tonight I want to speak on Heart Healthy is the title of my message. You have your Bibles, turn to the third book of John, the first chapter. Now part of the heart, in reference, there's a lot of parallels similar from the spiritual heart to the fleshly heart, the the human heart. And there are several that I want to bring out tonight. See, the heart is part of the man's spiritual makeup. It is a place where our emotions, our desires, it is that which drives the will of man and woman towards actions. It's, it's what causes us to do something. You've, you've often heard people reference character of a heart. That person, that person is all heart. 
or that person has a wicked heart, that person has a giving heart. And these are all the, the, the characteristics of that people reference to the heart. But part of living a balanced life for Christ is having a healthy spiritual heart. In our text, the third book of John, chapter 1, verse 2, I'm reading from the Passion Translation, and it reads this. It says, Beloved friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way and that you continually enjoy good health just as your soul is prospering. Pray with me this evening. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this evening, for this opportunity, Father God, to minister your word. Lord, I'm praying, Father, for those who are here in attendance, Lord, those who are watching us on our live stream, Father, Lord, that you are preparing hearts tonight for whatever it is that you will do, Father. Lord, I ask that you take full control, Lord God, and Lord, that you use me, Lord God, to deliver that word. Father, your word is anointed. I ask that you give me that anointing, Lord God, to minister that word. Mindful of your presence, I'm giving you the glory, the honor, and all the praise. In God's name we say, Amen. Amen. And throughout the scriptures, you're going to find guidance to good health. Many scriptures. One of my favorite scriptures in Proverbs 17, it says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. I love being around people who laugh. I love laughter. I love, I love just being around the grandchildren. I love seeing the, the kids that, you know, that, that are here in the church growing up, and you see that. And, and, and being around somebody that laughs, somebody who has a contagious laugh, you know when you make them laugh and they snort? <laughs> and I purposely try to make them laugh to get them to do something that they're not, they're, they don't want to do. But see, it's one of the things that, 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 that our continents that we're able to show people. There's times when you see somebody and you could tell that there's something that's weighing on their heart. Somebody that has a, 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 a broken heart or somebody who, you know, even though some of you here tonight, some of you who are in love. And you feel that and you see that. And, and, and part of what, 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 I, what I was pulling out of this message was is that the comparisons that we have from the spiritual to the natural. Now, there's some signs and symptoms that your heart will give you. If you've ever had a, a, a cardiologist uh, evaluation, they give you an EKG, and then if they find something, they want to do an echocardiogram. And there's many, many ailments of the heart that they're observing. They're, they're exploring these things. They might say you might have a prolapse valve, or you might have an atrial fibrillation, or a regular heartbeat, any of these ailments of the heart. But in the spiritual realm, there are signs and symptoms that are very similar to the natural. One of them is fatigue. Fatigue. The definition of fatigue is an extreme tiredness resulting from a mental and physical exertion. How many here have ever experienced that? Where you just feel like, man, there's, there's so many things to do and I don't have enough time to do it. Or you have a deadline. You have a deadline where your boss says, look, I, I, I know that I'm pushing you, but you know, this needs to be done on this time at this date. And you feel that pressure. You exert yourself. 
See, we've all experienced fatigue at some time in our walk with God, and also in the natural. But see, one of the things that I've realized is that God created our bodies to store enough energy for, to get us through the day. And sometimes what happens is that we push that. You know that you need six to eight hours of sleep, but you push it. You push it and you feel it. And see, the, the one thing about getting a little bit more mature is that your body starts to feel it. Where you, you know, you wake up one day, man, and man, the knees ain't feeling like they used to. You know, you remember when you used to just run around down the streets all day, man, you could stay out until the lights come on. And now, man, you just feel like, man, you got a rock to just get out of the chair. So there's the reason the Bible speaks so much about resting in the Lord. Rest. Rest is important for your spiritual walk with the Lord. And many Christians today don't appreciate the value of rest. We remember the story of Martha and Mary. Where one sister is so adamant about having everything perfect, everything right. And the other sister, Mary, had the opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen. She appreciated that time. And Jesus acknowledges that. But see, oftentimes we feel like we have to do so much. And we don't take the time and it wears us down and, and we feel it. And this is the point in our walk with God where we start to feel it and we start to say, you know what, I need to, I need to take a break or I need to do these things to get my body back in order. So rest is important. Rest allows our mind, body, and soul to renew and start with even more strength and focus. I call it R&R. &R. Some people refer to it as rest and relaxation, but I refer to it as restored to release. Where God starts to restore your body, God starts to restore your mind and to release you into the things that he's called you to do. See, before, oftentimes, when, when we were in the world, we didn't have that mentality. We didn't keep that in mind. You were just ripping and running, doing everything that you needed to do to get to where you wanted to go, but you felt it. It wasn't until you came to Jesus, until you came to Jesus that you felt that rest. Some of you, the burdens were so heavy that it would just, when Jesus lifted it, when God lifted that burden off of you, you just wept. Because you knew, you knew that God did what he had promised he would do. He, you knew that, God, if I give it to you, that you will take it and you will just give me a heart of peace. Oftentimes, we didn't experience that peace. You were always looking over your shoulder, always worried, always had your mind somewhere else. People that maybe you probably burned in the world and you know what, you, you, you had that mindset where you were always looking over your shoulder and that you always had to watch your back. But when you came to Christ, he gave you that rest and that peace that you so deserved. I have four, re four ways on how to rest. The first one is come to Jesus. True rest for the soul is found only in Jesus. 
You can get a prescription. You can get all these things that will take the edge off, but true rest only comes from Christ. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Many times, he's the second or third one that we go to for that rest. What does this person say I should do? What does that article say I should do? What are they saying? How are these things? All these areas that we go to and all these people that we look to for the answers, and Jesus is the second or third person that we come to. 1128, where he says, and I will give you rest. See, here Jesus is personally, personally inviting you to come. Come, and I will give you the rest. See, sometimes we forget what it was like to live in that moment when we didn't have the rest. The invitation is for all who are weary, burdened, and he promises to give you the rest. See, in our busy world, rest doesn't always come easy. Oftentimes, we run out of time before we do the task. How many have ever pushed yourself to the limit and you just say, you know what, I couldn't do it? And the stress and the anxiety weighs on you because you can't meet that deadline or that expectation of you. I've been there where you... My mom used to say, you don't bite off more than you could chew. Where you say, hey, you know what, I could do it, I got it, I got this, I got that, and you're stressing it. What happens oftentimes is that you do everything halfway instead of focusing on one thing and giving it your full attention. See, we're living in a time where there are so many distractions, so many distractions to Look the other way or look to other avenues for rest and peace. Look to other ways to find that, that satisfaction. And often we pull back. We're not going forward. We're not staying on the course. We're not looking to Jesus for the rest. We're looking to the comfort. We're looking to what are the people are telling me? What, are, what is Facebook telling me? As Christians, we could come to a place in our walk where we feel we're doing everything that we can to stay in the race and slowly we can become drained and battle-weary. How many have ever experienced weariness spiritually? Spiritually. Or you just say, you know what, God, man, just so many battles. You get out of one trial and you just walk right into another. Or you just say, you know what, sometimes there's those moments where you just say, what now, God? What now, God? Or you know what, you, you, you wake up knowing, God, you know what, I hope this day turns out better than yesterday. Better than the day before. Better than the day before that. And we slowly become drained. The second thing I write is pray. Prayer will give you that rest. Prayer. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplications with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts, minds through Christ Jesus. Prayer. 
As simple as that, as basic as that, when you come to Jesus, sometimes you just need to shut everything down and just talk to Jesus. Just have that moment, even if it's just sitting in a park on a bench, sitting in your room, just, you know what to say? You look, I'm going to turn everything off and I'm just going to pray. I'm going to sit here and pray and touch the throne of grace. And God, I'm not going to move until I feel you, until I hear you. Because you will have those moments where you feel nothing goes beyond the ceiling. And you just, it, it weighs you down. There's times where you just need to sit there. Sometimes if you could come and just sit at the altar before the service and just say, you know what, God, I don't like how my day was. But I know and I know that when I leave, I'm not going to leave the same way I came in. And be determined. See, joy is our choice. Our day, we start off, we, you know, we could, we could say, you know what, I'm either going to weather through it, God, or I'm going to let it affect me. And we can't allow it to affect. We can't allow things to stick. Look at it. The devil's hitting your mind, man. Just just keep rebuking it. Bounce it off. Say, you know what? In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. Devil, you have no authority. Devil, you have no victory here. I am victorious in the things of God. See, worry and fear will rob you of your faith and peace. Prayer is God's prescription for dealing with all the anxieties of life that try to steal your peace. We often turn to the scripture, to the prescription before we do to the scripture. Oh, because it's prescribed. It's legal. There's so many things that are legal that are not good for you. Right? Everybody wants a prescription. Prescription for this, prescription for that. You know what happens? You get a prescription, and they give you something. Then a week later, after you've got the side effects of that prescription, they give you a prescription for that side effect. I've dealt with people who've had 25, 30 medications. And you sit there, and basically, the majority of them are for the side effects of the medicines that they're taking. Sometimes, you know what, I, I, I knew this person, when they came to Christ, they felt that God had told them to stop their medicine. Now, I, I, don't, I don't recommend this. I tell people, look, consult with your doctor. But when God tells you and you feel it in your spirit, pray on it. Pray on it. This individual got away from what they were on. And they felt the healing of God. See, I know doctors. But I know a great physician. The Bible calls him Jehovah Rapha. The God who heals. And oftentimes what happens is, is that we go to the experts before we go to God. God, I don't like how this anxiety is overtaking me. I don't like the worrying. I don't like the sleepless nights. I don't like how I feel. I don't like the fluttering of my heart. I don't like worrying about my children and my grandchildren. Or what are they doing out there on the street? When you turn it over to God, God takes it. 
We want to hold on to it too long. And we need to say, you know what, God? Here, you look at my kids. They're up to no good. God, I'm giving them to you. Guard them, protect them, shield them. And I pray this, Lord, if my kids are up to no good, stop them. If that means whatever it is, God, you do what you need to do. Because sometimes God needs to get their attention. But we can't enable them. We love to enable our children, and you know, we cover them. God is telling you, look, release them to me. Let me take control of it, and God will do the very thing that you ask for. <laughs> Prayer is talking to God, and God's word is God talking to you. Prayer is important, and it is vital in a Christian's life. If you're having a difficult time, if you are struggling in your walk with God, check your prayer life. Check it. Now, it's ideal to come to an altar, come to a, a, your prayer closet or whatever, but if you don't have the time and your schedule doesn't permit it, and you're at work or you're driving or riding your bike to work or whatnot, that's an opportunity for you to talk to God. Yeah, you're going to look crazy. Let them think it. Think whatever you want, but I'm talking to Jesus. I'm talking to God. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm, I'm touching the, the throne of grace, and I'm telling God to do, change things in my job, change things in my family. God, touch my children. Do all these things. Lord, I got to continually bring it to you. Oftentimes, we, don't, we stop praying because we don't see the hand of God moving as quickly as we want it to. We think God is, is like, you know, uh, instant prayer, like our, our microwave where we just put it in on one minute and bing. Huh? Some of us can't even wait for the whole minute. You take your burrito out at 45 seconds. <laughs> it's done enough. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know some of you heard the sad news this week that uh, Klondike is discontinuing the Choco Taco. <laughs> Don't worry, they're going to stop it and it'll come back. I just saw today that somebody sold one on eBay for $100. Yeah. But like the Twinkies, it'll bounce back. Don't worry. <laughs> One person said this, he says, rest time is not waste time. It is the economy to gather fresh strength. It is the wisdom to take occasional furlough. In the long run, we shall do more by sometimes doing less. We shall do more by sometimes doing less. When you take that time to rest in the Lord, take your time, focus on your prayer life. And, and, and your relationship with God and the fatigue the, that, that, that you're feeling and experiencing, that's when you, you start to just benefit from it. Paul describes it best in Galatians 6, 9. He says, let us not grow weary while doing good. See, the one thing about that is that his... Quote, to don't get tired of doing good. How many here ever got tired of doing bad? 
No. You never did. Did you hear the question? When you were doing bad, you weren't tired. You would, you would travel all the way to Riverside for a party, pick up people and everything, and now you can't even bring a, a, a one or two people to church. We would travel everywhere, go everywhere, boy. You would dance till there was like no music and you were still dancing. You, were drink, you would drink till, till, you know, way after the last call. Go to other people's tables and take their drinks. Come on, you did it, and you didn't get tired when you did it. But see, when we come to Christ, all the time is just like, whoa, man, you know, it's, you know, revival? Three days? Five days? All these things, you know, and, 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 and that's an opportunity, man, where, where we need to recharge ourselves. See, when you stay recharged, you're not always worrying. The same worry that you have when you're, you're down to one bar on your phone. Where you panic. Where am I going to plug this? Where am I? And then, there you are, a Doreener Schnitzel sitting on the floor for 15 minutes so you could get that recharge. See, the same spiritually is where we need to come to Christ and we should say, you know what, God, fill me. Fill me. Touch him. Get into the worship. See, when you get into the worship, that is where you're being prepared for what God is going to do. Man, you know what? You need to really press in. The words are up there. Come on now. The words are up there. We're beyond faking it till we make it. Come on, where we could just say, you know what? Even if you don't know the words, man, just get into the presence of God. It's amazing when you just let God touch you. Prayer brings peace in your chaos. Jeremiah 31.25 says this, I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. The third thing is, is to cast your cares on Jesus. God did not design you to carry the burden of worry, fear, and anxiety. 1 Peter 5.7, he gives us his command. He says, cast all your cares on him for he cares for you. Cast means to violently thrust, throw it. That's where you say, you know what, God, I don't want this. I don't need this, 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 this anger that I have. You know what? You cast it at Christ and say, you know what? Take it from me. And when you give it to him, he gives you peace. He gives you so much. God is always giving you in exchange something much better than what you had. desires to take the burden for you. The fourth thing is to trust in the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings. How many here will testify that leaning on your own understandings got you in trouble? Got you in trouble. Trusting the Lord means to give up worrying, reasoning, and anxiety, and to choose to enter into his rest through faith. We live our life by faith and not by sight. We just say, you know what, God, I don't know what's going on, but I trust in you in every area. As you begin to do that, God starts to unfold his plan for your life. You come to Christ, we trust him for our salvation. We believe it. We accept it. And as we start to grow and mature in the things of God, God says, look, trust me with your finances. 
Oh, God, I don't know. You see this economy going, man, and the average family's paying an extra $493 a, a month. You know, I don't think I can do it. When you trust God, he pours out the blessings to you. He makes a way where there is no way. He is the God of the impossible. When we trust in him, the second thing that parallels to a failing heart is to stay hungry. See, when a person is ready to transition, to leave this earth, they start to lose their appetite. They become fatigued. They want to sleep more. They start to lose their appetite. And Proverbs 18, 15 says, the spiritually hungry are always ready to learn more. For their hearts are eager to discover new truth. See, when you open up your Bible and you get into the Word of God, God will show you something, reveal something to you new. See, I told this to one of the teenagers. I said, look, reading the Bible is not like reading the Harry Potter book where you read it once and put it on the shelf. It's a daily food. It's a, it's a moment for you just to experience what God is telling you. Even if you read it and you don't understand it, but you know what? You go back to it. And you go back to it over and over again. And as you read it, God starts to show you more. God says, and then there's going to be times where you read the word of God and you say, you know what? I get it now. I understand it. Boom. And it's like a light goes off and you get excited. You go, where's my highlighter? Boom. And you highlight it. So you stay hungry. See, you and I need food to sustain us. Food is the fuel for your body. But what are you feeding yourself? <laughs> the food ministry, huh? <laughs> when a person loses their appetite, the heart is troubled and they become weakened and lack strength. How many here have ever gone like a day, you know, and I know, you ever see like those people, you know they're fasting? You know, like they're all walking in, all like, <laughs> carry me to my seat and everything. And it's like, how long, you know, and then they're letting everybody know they're fasting. Like, what time is it? Oh, I've been fasting an hour. <laughs> it's, it's like when we signed up years back, we had a list and all the, all the men were putting down that they would fast from midnight till six in the morning. <laughs> men, we're always looking for, a, for an easy way out. So we stay hungry. One person said this, he says, Christians can't afford to live off of daily devotions. Social media and, and posts that they are living on others' leftovers. What are we feeding on? I know I'm not the only one, but how many here have ever been so hungry that you went for something that you shouldn't have? Amen. You, you ask yourself, like, how long has that hot dog been on that thing at AM, PM, literally? Right? You look at it, and then you figure, oh, you know what, if I pray over it, you know. And it was a bad decision. You know, and, and, and your body will tell you, you know what, after a time, like you young people, you could get away for it for a few more years. But yeah, keep eating those takis, and you'll see what happens when you're in your 20s and 30s. It's not beneficial to you. 
So spiritually, what you feed on, look at if, if you if you have like such a passion for all the, the things of the, aside from the things of God, it'll show. It'll eventually surface. See, God has called us to live off of his daily bread. There are five ways to feed off of God's word. One is you hear it, Romans 10, 17. The second is to read it, Matthew 19, 4. And the third is to study it, Ezra 7, 10. Fourth is to memorize it, Psalms 119, 11. See, we cannot afford to cheapen the diet that God has given us. We can't. See, you can't always look for a way, an easier way to do things. Sometimes the best way is the way that's before you. How many here have ever tried a shortcut? Like, oh, you know, do this, tell you to do this, do this, and all that, and boom, you, you know what? I know a better way. I'll, I'll get us there faster. And here you are, ways takes you on a journey all over the, you don't even know you're lost. You're lost. And we don't want to admit it. We're just, you know, this dumb ways got me lost. Siri steered me wrong. All these, we have all these excuses on why we can't succeed in things. But God says, look, if you follow the simple plan, it's right there for you. The fifth thing is to meditate, Psalms 1-2, on his word. See, believers must stop fasting on junk food. The junk. All that is out there that is trying to grab your attention, all the, the nonsense that's going out there. Look, stay focused on the things of God. Stray not away from the things of God, and God will sustain you. God will guide you through these things. Daniel 7, there's a scripture there that says, In the end times, many will become worn down and weary, fatigued, famished, and fall away. Why is this? They couldn't rightfully divide the word of truth. See, when you study the truth, counterfeit cannot get its way in. When you go to the banks, the tellers, when they're training them, they have them learn what the real thing is. You have the real thing, a real $100 bill. You study it, you feel it, you see all the areas in it. So when somebody tries to give you something that's counterfeit, you know right away. When you study the truth, nobody's going to be able to come in and you tell you otherwise. Tell you, you know what, the, that the Bible says this. No, my Bible says this. My Bible says that he's coming back. My Bible says that if I pray and I come in agreement with others, that he will answer prayer, that he's in the midst. My Bible says that he will not leave me nor forsake me. When you start to hold on to the truth of God, the enemy cannot filter in and give you the fake stuff. The fake stuff. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, says, Your words were found and I ate them. And your words was to me joy and rejoicing of my heart. The last thing that is parallel to a failing heart is confusion and impaired thoughts. A person who is fatigued and exhausted and has no appetite is spiritually distressed. You're at a health risk, spiritually. How many know that the battle is in the mind? The battle is in the mind. That's why scripture tells us to gird up the mind. 
Just so you know what to, to wrap our mind in the things of God, in the Word of God. And when the enemy comes to attack, it will not penetrate your thoughts. See, the enemy will hit you with thoughts, but we don't let him rest there. We don't let him rest there. When he starts to feed you with nonsense, you say, no, devil, you're a liar. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I come against that evil thought. I come against that foul spirit. In the name of Jesus, I declare victory right now. And when you start to profess that, when you start to walk in that, that's when you have the victory. So our thought process, some of the things to look for quickly, hopelessness or helplessness. Feeling stuck and difficult to self-motivate. Anxious most of the time and short-tempered with others. These are signs of confusion and impaired thoughts. Experience a feeling of abandonment from various relationships, such as friends, even your church family, even from God. Where you feel disconnected. See, these are the signs and symptoms of a heart that is failing. But if you compare them to the spiritual heart, they align up. I want us all to stand this evening. I want every eye closed, every head bowed. Hallelujah. Father, I pray, Lord, for those. Lord God. Quickly, before I make, change the order of the service. If you're here this evening, Maybe you have been invited, you just showed up to, because someone invited you. Or maybe you're watching us on our live stream and, and somebody s shared this link with you and you tuned in with us. You don't know Jesus. You've left your walk with God or for whatever reason. If that's you here tonight, maybe you're backslidden. I want you to know that Jesus loves you so much. He loves you so much. You have no idea how much he loves you. How much he's looked after you, cared for you. And you could think back in the moments where, man, God, that was close. I almost ate it. I almost got hit by that car. Almost this, almost that. But Jesus was there. You're here this evening and you say, Anthony, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to surrender my heart to Jesus. I have that anxiety. I have that displacement in my life. If that's you here this evening, I want you to step out of your seat. Maybe you're away from God and you just say, you know what, Anthony, I, I, I want to come back. I messed up and I messed up bad, but I want to tell you Jesus loves you. He will forgive you. He will restore you. He's not here to condemn you. He's not here to smash you or point his finger to your face and say, you deserve what you got. No, he loves you. He loves you so much. If that's you here tonight, please get right. Come clean with God. I'm going to say a prayer, and if that's you here, you're watching us at home, and you want to say this prayer and recommit your life to God, say this prayer with me. Believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus. Come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sins. Wash me in your blood. I believe that you died on the cross and rose from the dead. And right now, 
you sit at the right hand of the Father, interceding for me. I give you my heart. I surrender tonight. In your son's name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, listen.